Hello, and thank you for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast. I am the Grey Knight. You can call me whatever you want, probably, at this point. How did your summer end? How did your fall begin? What are you looking forward to? Today, before we begin our actual story, a brief story about how funny I think it is that I made a pretty great prediction. Spoiler alert for a lot of people who just don't want to hear it, and I totally understand. It is a very gentle COVID story, but it is COVID-related. I made a prediction not so long ago, and I don't even remember if it was 2021 or 2020, where I said, I'm going to just get better at cooking, because I think going out to eat is going to become a pretty unreliable experience in the future. I got the typical eye rolls for that one, and all the typical, come on, man, stop trying to play Nostradamus. Well, funny thing about playing Nostradamus enough is, just like him, you can apparently knock it out the park with a prediction, although I like to think mine are a little less vague than most soothsayers, or at least so I say. But, (laughs) but... There is a lot of really crazy food news going down, and personal food news going down, and I just thought I'd share some of it. For one, a woman inside a Chipotle very recently was told, excuse me, we're closing early, and she just pulled out a gun and said, mm, I don't know. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> I'm laughing, but you think there's a worker shortage before customers start fucking pulling out their straps because you told them that, nah, we're actually not serving breakfast anymore. <laughs> like, falling down is not supposed to be a documentary. Uh, so that's the first thing I needed to say. <laughs> I just can't believe that fucking news story. It blew my fucking mind seeing it come across the wire. Uh, Some personal stories now. (laughs) I think I'm really, really done with ordering in fast food and and ordering in for a bit. I I ordered in from a a nice little place. I asked if some gals would treat me, and they did. I ordered in from a nice little local place uh, that I know is actually a local place. Like, I've, you know, driven by and I've seen it's not a ghost kitchen and shit. Uh, And I, I, you know, it's become, I don't order in much anymore because I'm learning how to cook and all the rest. But it's, you know, it's it's become my go-to. A little local place. It's a little sushi Japanese fusion place. You know the type. <laughs> Ordering in from there. I don't know what's going on, but this non-labor shortage that doesn't exist, uh, it, the way that it hit me is uh, they said the sushi was uh, was ready to go and that it would be delivered soon. My driver's on the way. And then there was a, well, hold on, text 10 minutes later, like from an automated machine, and uh, your sushi will be on the way in 20 minutes uh, after a 10-minute wait. So if you've ever seen Snatch, five minutes Turkish is actually happening from my from my phone right now. But it's sushi. So this is not really great. Like, it's bad if it's hot, but I know how to reheat food now. But it's not okay if the fish comes warm. That's that's a whole different bag of cats, baby. And so this happens two more times. The whole automated, like, oh, uh, it'll be there. 
And then I get a message from a real-life human being, I think, or a better AI than the other one that they're using for this service, that says, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna remake your your order. Sorry about that. We've we've given you priority and all that." And then it came pretty fucking quick. So I don't I don't know what the story is there, but it's a fucking great one, and I hope that somebody quit and had my sushi like. Because I'm down with it. I'm not even mad. Like, 0% aggravation or irritation. My stoned ass just watched, you know, YouTube videos until the actual food arrived, so I was a-okay with it. Second thing, a little thing came up in my car saying you need to drive on the freeway for 15 minutes straight. I know that sounds weird. That's not what comes up on the car. All right, the car didn't, like, I didn't start the car one day, and the car's like, you need to drive on the freeway. For that would be, like, listen, kid, what the fuck? <laughs> you need to not tell me what to do. I am the owner of you in this relationship, technically. <laughs> but a little a little message popped up saying, you know, s consult your, your owner's manual on page X about this error. And so I looked it up and said, oh, it's not a big deal at all. You know, you just got to gotta drive for 15 minutes on a freeway. You can't stop and start. Uh, and you need to do it in this little... Uh, specific configuration, and that'll reset something. I went, oh, okay. So I was just looking at the best way to drive, you know, about 15 minutes, just a little bit more than, uh, and then get get off the freeway and then just drive back and like, oh, what errand can I do? Or since I have to do this anyway right away uh, with my goddamn car, where should I go? And I, I, I just, you know, I literally plug into the map app, like, you know, I want to go 15 minutes. So like, I'm going to go for 65 miles, uh, an hour. Uh, I'm just going to drive the speed limit. Uh, just put me, just, you know, see see what ramp I get off at, basically. Show me, show me 15 to 20 minutes from now. Where, where, can I, where can I be getting off the freeway? I'm doing all this while driving in a school zone. Not really. Uh, so, I, you know, I plot my little course out because I'm just anal about everything. And <laughs> you have to say not really when it's over the fucking audio only. Otherwise, you become Anthony Jessenick. Uh, <laughs> so I'm driving, uh, so I'm plotting this out and I don't really see anything next to any of the exits that I'm like, they're all like, oh, I could stop at a casino for all that time I wanted to just piss away money. Uh, that, that errand I keep meaning to do, just piss away fucking money gambling. Let's just do that. But I, you know, I just keep putting it off for some reason. Uh, so that, you know, like there wasn't a lot of great choices. And then I, you know, as I'm cycling through, I'm like, oh, look at that. There's a Chick-fil-A and I have not been in for fucking ever. And I, I have gift cards, and I'm going to use the gift cards. Uh, I'm going to eat that fucking Chick-fil-A. Let's go. I'm saving up these gift cards, and I just check the balance and all that. I'm like, okay, so here we go. So I get off the exit, totally uneventful journey, uh, right next to, literally right next to a Chick-fil-A, literally like 0.1 miles from the Chick-fil-A from this exit. So I get off, and I, I drive in, and it's got kind of a normal Chick-fil-A line. And I remember reading, you know, a little story that Chick-fil-A at this point, there's a 30% longer wait than the national average, and the national average uh, rate for fast food has more than doubled. Because I know what the ladies like, and I'm super fucking sexy, and I know that women love a man who reads 2,000-word articles on fast food wait time trends and which restaurants are at the top and bottom for fun, not even for research, not even to see what she's, you know, what she's going to fucking eat at or anything, just because he's like, ooh, ooh, that sounds like a data. Yeah, that's what the women fucking love. So 
<laughs> I, I know that I'm in for a little bit of a wait. I do, I do a little brief calculation. I say, well, if the Chick-fil-A wait time previously was, and now we know it's about double plus 30, okay, so I'm going to be here for about eight and a half minutes. Now, it took way longer than that. It took me more than 10 minutes to order from there, clock the time. And I knew to be patient, but that's not the story. The story is a sad one, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> this is a sad, sad story about how the girl who came up to me was like a girl. It's hard to tell because she was masked, but she was young, like young, and she was dead-eyed. I have been to not-world-class aquariums where the sharks looked less dead-eyed. Because if you go to the world-class ones, the sharks are actually kind of fucking happy. Shit's going down. Like, they're getting scritches from the, from the divers and stuff. If you've ever actually been to a really good zoo or, like, a really good rated, like, animal sanctuary or some aquarium or something, the animals are like, oh, man, shit's dope. They'll sign, like, don't even feed me. Don't even feed me. No, no. <laughs> I don't think you get it, man. Things are great. Every day they bring out, like, oranges or citrus or something and a block of ice, and that's, like, 90 minutes of my day. Don't, don't fucking ruin it. <laughs> I like animals. Uh, <laughs> and eating them. So, uh, I'm going through the Chick-fil-A line. And, again, the gal behind me, young, dead-eyed, but the important thing is, is at the end of our transaction, I say thank you. And she says, in the most rushed... I mean, I've heard some pretty... I got addicted to Chick-fil-A in 2019. Stupid sandwich wars and all that goddamn advertising. That, you know, it affected me too. Uh, she says in the most exasperated, just defeated way, just, I'm going to try and do an impression, but I cannot do it justice. She just goes, my pleasure. Like, if you, if you sped up Droopy Dog saying my pleasure, like 8x, but it wasn't any higher pitched, and it didn't sound any more, like, upbeat. It was a it was a droopy dog going, my pleasure. I can't do a droopy dog. Oh no, oh no, you should have practiced this before you try to do a droopy dog. My pleasure. But really quick, just my pleasure. Just please, I fucking hate you. <laughs> oh, I fucking, oh my god, I just go, go, go. And that's fine. I know she's not even going to remember me or anything about me. My anxiety didn't trigger. I'm doing much better with that sort of thing. I know that it's not about me. I'm just a customer in the line. But this is like hours and hours and hours before close, I need to say. Uh, you know, I'm getting Chick-fil-A basically so I can get my smoke on. I don't smoke before I drive for the day, before I do certain errands for the day. Zero, zero, zero THC, because then I can get down like a clown. And <laughs> so, <laughs> which as you can tell, apparently on today's list, Mm, recording the intro was not on that list. Apologies, but some of you like the ramble, so there you go. So I get through, and the only, only Chick-fil-A employee that I interact with is a young man, uh, again, definitely sub-25, for sure, and probably younger. I would have to, if I, if, you know, like if this dude robbed me and the police were how old was he? I'd be like, I don't know, 18 to 22? Hard to say. He uh, <laughs> he clearly doesn't give a fuck. He just asks my name. I give it to him. And he turns around and I see through the window. And 
I want you to imagine, like, if you did not know about Wonka, and they opened up like, <laughs> they opened up like a goddamn <laughs> drive-through chocolate store near you, and you didn't, you just knew the reputation. Oh, Wanda's Wonka's great. Everybody loves Wonka. It's to die for. Seventeen children a year die for Wonka, and they still the state lets them get away with it because it's that fucking good of chocolate. Right? That's all you know. So you're going to go and you're going to get some Wonka chocolate. And there's a normal-sized Gene Wilder-type guy at front. He's like, oh, get your Wonka! Because <laughs> he's not going to be Gene Wilder, so he's going to be doing a shitty impression, right? And then he gets out of the way. The other one is Tom Petty from the Alice in Wonderland. That's the other top-hatted guy I was thinking about. But you don't want to hear a Tom Petty impression. So he gets out of the way, and I look in. And if you were lo look at a Wonka chocolate factory, you'd see a bunch of fucking Oompa Loompas, okay? Is what I'm trying to get at. And you'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, no. I just wanted a confection. This is not what I said. What the fuck is going on here? Right? <laughs> it's pretty much what I experienced because it felt like I, I, was, I was the person who was supposed to be taking footage of a child labor camp. And I just, I froze because I, I was slack-jawed. They were all babies. Even behind the masks, they were all masked. Even behind the masks and everything, you could just tell they were all so tiny. They were all so tiny and they clearly hadn't been working in the service food industry because they were all fucking like rail thin. <laughs> and I mean, it was an eclectic bunch as far as we're going with like skin tone and hair color and shit too. So it's really, it was like... It's, it was like somebody had hunted down and gathered a bunch of, like, children and, like, put them in bondage. <laughs> and I see this, and I'm like, oh, God. Then the guy reappears, and he hands me my fucking order, and I say thank you. And he goes, my pleasure. <sighs> my pleasure. My pleasure. In the exact same way as the fucking gal did. And I was like, I don't think that takes all the – I'm going to get stoned as a motherfucker. I'm going to get down on alcohol. I'm going to get what the kids used to call crossfaded. I think they just now call it existing at this point. Depression is highest in America among 18 through 29-year-olds. It's a true story. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Keep it for the updates, Jack. I know, I know, I know. I'm a little bit high and I'm rambling. Apologies. A little bit high, someone's saying. You're high as bat pussy. Mm, I wish. Maybe sometime soon, though. <sighs> Personal cooking stories. Uh, the leg is healed, and I gotta say, it was the leg that was really keeping me back from it. I don't know what it was, just, you know, pain and discomfort and wanting to keep off of it on a psychological level. But as soon as it really returned back to 100%, uh, and it wasn't just like, ooh, well, you know, I've got five to ten minutes, but like, you know, now I can really move it and stretch it and everything else. Uh, <laughs> now that now that I'm there, uh, I'm, I've returned cooking. I've returned to cooking. And I, I'm very proud of myself. I, uh, you know, the cost of proteins going through the goddamn roof. So I think I'll be doing some more vegetarian dishes in the near future. I, I kept on with uh, having overnight oats for breakfast every, every day. So I'm keeping that. Breakfast is a solved state. In case you're curious, keeping my green tea uh, consumption, my hydration consumption going. Thank Christ, because uh, these are hard habits, and I don't want to, I don't want to lose them. They're hard, they're hard earned. I love them. 
but I, I tried fish tacos for the first time. And I don't mean I tried making fish tacos for the first time. I mean, I tried fish tacos for the first time because I made them and I made them from scratch. And, you know, I made them my own little way with a little bit of the cayenne pepper sauce instead of salam olek. Uh, well, I actually combined both by the end. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I'm very proud of myself for just jumping on. I wanted, I said, I, I want fish and rice. Uh, and so I'm going to find a way to, I use corn tortillas, but they're not as good for you as flour tortillas, corn tortillas. Uh, so I'm going to find a way to make the recipe work with, with flour tortillas. But I was just so, you know, cooking something that you've never even eaten before. Uh, if you're asking like, why, why would you never try fish tacos? And the short answer is they're pretty expensive compared to normal tacos out here. Uh, and if I was going to eat Mexican seafood, I want a more uh, traditional like Mexican seafood cuisine than that. Don't get me wrong, a fish tacos. I love tacos and shit, but it's peasant food. I love peasant food, and if I'm eating seafood, I want to eat good. Huh. But this was great, and every time like Mahi Mahi's on sale, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I really do. I think I'll just work into rotation because it's such a great way with a flour tortilla, rice, fish, little hot sauce. Nom, nom, nom. Down it goes. Uh, the other thing is... I was very inspired a year ago when the cost of, of chicken wings was very different than now, even though it was very escalated for 2020. Oh, I'm just so fucking attractive, aren't I? Uh, 2020 is actually pretty, pretty uh, escalated. That's where, the, that's where the headline that Buffalo Wild Wings no longer serving wings came about. Was it 2019, I want to say? No, it was 2020. It was a fun, that was a fun headline to read. Like, okay, all right. This kind of feels like the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> no wings at the wing story. Mm. Uh, but I was inspired to make them with a very spicy pesto sauce because I thought, oh, that's no added sugar. That's a no added sugar sauce. And that's back when this was still kind of a difficult concept for me. Not that I was eating a lot of sugar, but eliminating it is very fucking difficult. Even if you only want to do it for like, you know, 72-hour spells or whatnot. It's not that easy. So I thought, oh, spicy pesto wings, that'll be great. Well, chicken wings cost even fucking more now than they did back then. But the cost of pork, uh, super cheap right now. You can get spare ribs delivered to your door with an app for less than $2 a goddamn pound. And so that's exactly what I did. And I made something that's not really on the internet. Like there's a couple of people who throw a couple of things at it. I made a spicy pesto buffalo sauce. I slathered the ribs in them after they were done. Oh, you can hear my tongue going. Yeah, this is a little bit better than fish tacos, I have to admit, taste-wise, not health-wise. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, 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 I, I, I pulled the membrane off. I, the kosher salt, they were in there for about 18 hours with the salt and the foil. Uh, I uh, slow cooked them on a rack in the oven. I don't have a smoker or a barbecue, so I did go with the oven. Just a little bit of fresh pepper on right beforehand. Crack, crack, crack that in. Slow cooked them for four hours, real low and slow. Basted them in the sauce, made extra sauce, and just devoured them. Made some really great mashed potatoes with the skin on and everything, so those nutrients would be in there. Om nom 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 nom. Truly fantastic, delicious. And when I cleaned out the saucepan because I made extra sauce, which is not something I would normally do for ribs, uh, but I knew I was going to look forward to this one. Again, a year now I've been putting this off. But I guess I've gotten confident enough that I can just go shazam and knock it out, and I did. What a lovely goddamn meal.
Mm. Well, and it was all on sale, and everything is actually pretty frugal, and uh, at the end of the day, your own mashed potatoes with the skin on and not that much butter, uh, your own ribs that you know that you've cooked up, uh, and then I guess next time as well, I've discovered I could put away uh, three and a half pounds of ribs, four pounds of ribs, no fucking problem. Uh, so the next time I get them, uh, butter beans as well. So potatoes, lima beans, butter beans, uh, whatever name you use. And ribs, it's uh, for sure going to go down the palate. Pretty nutritionally balanced. No additional sugar, unlike barbecue ribs. The, the healthiest ribs you might be able to have besides, uh, you know, dry rub. Okay, uh, that's definitely enough of me talking about food. I have made your mouth water, hopefully. Now to make other parts of you do other things. See, sometimes they pay you not to make the joke, Johnny Carson. <sighs> I hope that you're willing to enjoy it. Here's the... I guess I should try just for the Allie timestamp, because her life's already hard enough. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> I should try and make it just a little bit more tempting. <clears throat> and enough from me. You're here to hear a story today, and I hope that you enjoy it. It goes by the name Abandon. It's a slow burn, and if you just listen to all of my rambling, I promise it was worth waiting for. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. When I got your email, I could scarcely believe it. Your name, right there. Your face, and your profile picture. I... I hadn't actually seen one in a long time. I know we live in a digital age. I know that I could just see you again at any time, open up your files and folders on my laptop, or just hunt you down on Facebook. I didn't want to do that, though. While the way that we parted may have been bittersweet, it was still sweet. In fact, every time I thought of you, the bitter got less and less. The more I think of you, the way that I think of you now, it's almost like a vision, like a dream. Pinch me. Did it really even happen? Of course it did, and it must have. And that's why I have your email here your face, reigniting everything that I have tried so hard to bury. The first time I touched you in public, when my hand fell to the small of your back, it was an accident. We were walking briskly uphill, but I'll never forget it. The feel of you was electric, your muscles, your skin, you were soft, but firm. I'd never felt anyone like you before. Every time I had laid my hands on a woman, it couldn't begin to compare. And that, I confess, is what I've thought about most of all. It's not how sweet you were, or supportive, or kind, or beautiful. It's not how I mess things up. 
It's your body. It's how amazing you feel. Every part of you, touching you, feeling you, being with you. I've never enjoyed a liaison more. Every time I think of you, every time I think of our trip together, I think of you, your body, in that hotel room. I think of you lowering yourself down and sitting on my lap for the very first time. I felt the change in you. I felt you shift. I felt the apprehension lift and your arousal become like mine. Present. Engaging. There. I think about it constantly. That moment. Yes, of course I knew if you came back with me to the hotel room that you probably wanted to. Yes, of course I knew, since you decided to come, decided to see me, decided to spend the day with me. But still, I had a million questions running through my head. And until you touched me, until I felt the weight of your body on my lap, and how small, just light, and full you were, while still being dense and sexy, muscular yet curvy, you're fat, delicious. That moment, that moment, it's crystallized in me. Every single erection that I've had since that one, it's been insufficient. Oh, you have no idea what it did to me, how it transformed me. My first time, the first woman I was with, the first I saw naked, none of them had anywhere near that effect on me. The moment you sat down on my lap, the moment I knew I was really going to have you, all of you, I became someone else. It didn't take hold then, but it did take root. And I have been consumed ever since. I didn't think that you would ever give me another chance after how things ended. I didn't think you would ever respond. I gave up all hope. After all, I hadn't heard from you in months. And then, over a year. And then, longer. But even though I gave up hope, the transformation, it had begun. The things that I did when I thought of you, how hard I grasped my cock, I couldn't let go. I never let go at the thought of you. And it carried through. My diet began to change my exercise. 
everything about the way that I presented myself slowly but surely began to become more peacocking, impressive, vain, but in a way that I quite enjoyed. I had the most beautiful woman, and she was so uncertain. But then she touched me, she was alone with me, and she became mine. When that happened, when that transformation happened, I felt it in you too. My cock became rigid and hard. My arms became dense and muscular. Oh, my whole body transformed. You became buff and rigid. You just didn't see it happen. It just took too long of an effect. But I am now. I am everything that you awoke with your touch. Now. I am peacocking. I do feel so strong. I do feel so sexy. I am finally ready for you in a way that I never was before. Oh, I am so sorry that I pushed you away. I am beyond grateful that you have returned. Even if it's false hope, I will take it. Even if nothing happens, I will remain grateful. Because this, you, another chance, that's all I could have ever asked for. When you agree to meet up in a hotel room, however, well, I do cartwheels. I flip and switch on the inside. I really, truly become someone else, giddy and small and easy and excited. You really want me. You really want me the way that I want you. And you must. I am the cad. I am the fool. And you are such a vision. I am nervous. I am mortified. Yes, you were the one who has every reason to be, but look at you. Just look at you. I can hardly take your hand in mine. And when you brush it aside and hug me, I, I feel you. I smell your hair, your tits against my body. Again, I know I should be thinking about how grateful I am, how much I've missed you. But I just want you. Oh, you make me ache for you when you're close. You make me need you when you're this close. And I do. I need you. I want you. Can you see it? Can you feel it? When I see you pull back with that little grin and sparkle in your eyes, I, 
I wonder, is that what you wanted all along? You gesture with your head that we should go to the lobby bar, and I follow. We've never drunk together before, not once. I am, I admit, excited and intrigued. You've told me, of course, about your past with alcohol and how you've had fun days with it. How you try and limit the amount that you have when you're out, because you get loose. Not sexually speaking, but your mouth, your eyes, they roll. And yet, that's exactly what I want to see, the real you. The thing that I have not been constructing in my mind for so long. Just the real you. You are that beautiful. You are that sexy. You can't be that enjoyable, too. That perfect, as I left you in my mind. After all, you've made it abundantly clear with what you haven't said, that this is only about me to a certain degree. You haven't talked about us becoming more. You haven't talked about moving here. You've just talked about me. Us. Missing me. What you enjoyed. If we could catch up. It was flagrant. I never expected that of you. You are much more concealed than that. But I suppose, to get me at all, you did have to go well beyond your comfort zone a number of times. Did you do it for me again? Tonight? Was this it? Did you do this for me? For us? Your drink is sophisticated. I try and match. Your dress is sophisticated. I couldn't hope to match. But I tried. I'm as well-groomed and attractive as you've ever seen. I know, because that's what I see when I look in the mirror these days. I'm proud of that. Vain as it may be, but the truth, it, it builds and boils up inside me. A woman as breathtaking as you wanted me. And I've never been able to forget it. Do you like it? Do you see it in my eyes, in my posture, in my face? Do you see what you have done to me? Or is it all just laughs? We know that there's a hotel room waiting upstairs. When will you make your decision? After this drink or the next? Did you make it before you ever came? Am I being naive yet again? Would we have never, ever met up if you didn't want to fuck me? If you didn't want to fuck me here and now? I ask it with my eyes. I ask it with my questions. I lean in too much. I'm too into you. Will you fuck me again? Will you let me touch you? Even if you escape after tonight, even if you leave me and never return. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth the burn and the pain and the questions, I promise. I can handle 
myself. Will you? I beg it, I plead it, I get another round. Your hand brushes up against mine, fingertip to fingertip. I want you. I want you. Do you want me too? I find us lost in a whirl, dragged to the elevator, and then in. I don't have any control over myself. I wouldn't want it either. There's a camera in here, or else I'd rip your clothes off right now. I put a hand on your hip, another on your shoulder. I look deep into your eyes. What do I find there? What do I see? From there, it's a series of beeps and dings. The elevator door opening, the card reader, our bedroom door shutting, the beep of the mini-fridge as I use my credit card, the pops and the set-downs of our ciders. I want you. Why are you making me wait? Is that part of it for you? I suppose it must be. It has been some time. There's something in your eyes. You are all alight. You move too quickly. You change seats and sitting positions too rapidly. First one chair, then another, then a city, then a footstool. You're all over the barristers. And then, out on the balcony, back in. I follow you everywhere. The energy is kinetic. I give you enough space. And then, when you look over at me, I close it. I am pulled to you. I am drawn to you. This room might as well be your lair. I might as well be your quarry. I want you. I want you. Do you want me too? You finish your cider and put the bottle down with a cling. Then you turn to me. Your arms are outstretched, your palms down and flat against the couch. Your bust is propped up. Your neck looks perfect. It's an Instagram pose. It's an Instagram model. But here, before me, I am burning up as I approach you. I put my bottle down. I take you in my hands. I want you in my arms, but you slink back. You fall. Now the upper part of your back is resting against the couch, and my hands are on your ribcage. We're staring at each other, and it is intense. I wait for you to say something. You do not. And so I move my hands up and down your body. Just the sides, your ribs to your hips, back up and down again and again until I dip. I dip beneath the garment line and touch your skin. You close your eyes for a second, moan, and then tilt your head away from me. It's an invitation, I know. But I'm not ready not to play your game. So I grab you by your hips, and I pull you forward for just a second, just a half a second. 
Your eyes snap open, and a small laugh escapes your lips. Did you forget how strong I was? Did you forget how I refuse to let you simply play me the way you can any other man? Or at least, that's what I pretend. That's what I tell myself. Oh, I want you. I want you. I want you. Why do you want me to? You are so beautiful. Even now I don't understand why you play this game with me. There's a moment of hesitation, doubt. I remember every cross thing I ever said to you. I wonder if this is a trap in my paranoia. And then... I sink my fingers into your flesh as little as I can and pull you to me. I kiss you. I kiss you as hard as I can bent over that couch. Your body strains even though I'm lifting you. Mine does as well. It is an odd position, but I cannot stop kissing you. There is no moan. There is no great moment. It's just reunion. And it is everything I remembered. You taste and feel and smell just as good as I remember. I want more. I follow you down, gravity pulling on us both. My arms and legs surround you. I'm on either side, pincing you down. You are so small beneath me. In the movies, this would be you on top of me. It doesn't look sexy, I'm afraid. It may even be comical. But my hands, they need you. My legs, they want you between them. Are you really, really here? Is this really, really happening? I kiss you again and again. I push my tongue into your mouth and have you suck it. No, more. I swirl around inside. Stroke me. Stroke my tongue with yours and suck it. Show me. Show me you're going to do that with your pussy too. Show me later when I stick my tongue inside your pussy. You'll give it little kisses and tug on it. Just like this. Don't give it back. Treat it just like my heart. Pull it. Dash it around. Just don't leave it alone. As my tongue wrestles with yours, my hands wrestle with your clothing. I pry it off you as best I can, only unsealing my kiss from yours to pull your clothing over your head to strip you. I want you. I want to see you naked again. I know it'll keep up. I know it's exactly what I remember. But still, I want to see it. Every part of you is ingrained in me. And I want to validate it. It's more. It's more than just being with a woman that I want so much. It's redemption. It's returning to the scene of the crime. It's complicated. You're complicated. And so are my feelings for you, but not my need.
I push your tits together as best as I can so that I can lick up and down them, suck on your nipples, molest you, pull on your hips and spread your legs open. God damn your thighs. Just placing my palm on the outside, my fingers on the inside, and dragging them open. It is revelatory. And all of the sudden, I can smell you. When I turn my eyes to your pussy, you instinctively pull your legs shut again. You're strong. I'm stronger. I keep them pried open. I look into your pussy. And then your eyes. I let you know that this is what I want, too. This is what I need, too. You are too perfect, and I want you too much. I do not dally with my clothes. I do not take things off. I simply pull you, pull you out, so that your ass is hanging over the sofa as much as possible, your head against the back, your legs still spread open, and then I pull out my cock. It's a quick unzip unbutton, and then there I am, and you can see me. Do you understand how hard and hot you make me? Did you think it was a fluke last time? Did you think I was talking it up too much, or that I didn't mean what I said when I followed you around like a lovelorn puppy? No. I want you. I take your hand and place it on my shaft. I have you pump it just once or twice. You lean up to kiss the tip, but no, I push you back. I take your forehead and push you back against the couch. This is not that. We have plenty of time for that. I push my cock to your entrance. I push the head right at the slit. I dip it inside just for a second. Your eyes close for the first time. You moan, you shift, you arch, you use the muscles and placement of your shoulder blades to give me more of your hips. I love your fucking hips. I grab onto them once again as I begin to push into you. Do you feel it? Do you feel how much I need you? I feel how tight you are, how wet, how much you've been wanting this too. And it is so validating. This close, this high above you as I shove my cock in, I can smell you still. Your perfume, your skin, your shampoo and conditioner, and your pussy. So very wet for me. I tighten my fingers into your hips. I want you to know that you can't get away. Not unless I let you. Then I start pushing down. It's an odd slant, but we both make the best we can of it. You arching your hips up, and me slowly, arduously pushing down into you as hard 
and deep as I can. You're already about to come, aren't you? Oh my fucking god, you are. I'm barely inside you yet, and you're already about to come. Was this all foreplay to you? Did it really get you that close? I immediately move my hands up your body. No sexy trail, no touching every part, right to your hair, so I can grasp it, hold it, pull it, and begin thrusting more and more. I bring my knees up to the edge of the sofa and push down. I want your cum. I want your cum. I want it now. Give it to me. And yes, I see how close you are. Your eyes strain shut, sweat beginning to pool. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me your fucking cum. I give you everything I have. I pump down harder, faster. Give me your fucking cum. Now, now, now. When you do, it takes everything I can to stop pumping. Oh, I want more. I want to come inside you so badly. But more than that, I need to mend my soul. I need to drink as much of you in as possible. I don't know when you will pack your bag and fly away, leaving me all alone. And if you do, if you leave me again, I don't want to remember coming inside you. I come for you too much as it is, in the shower, in bed, sometimes when watching porn my mind just drifts to you, and then no other girl will do. No, what I want to remember right now more than anything is your face, the look on it. I want to see your eyes flutter open. I want to see the chemicals floating in them. I want you to look at me with adoration and want and happiness. I do not get it. Your eyes snap open indeed, and then... Well, they are too hungry for any of those things. You push me back. First, I do not comply, but you push harder. Both of your hands outstretched into fans against my shoulders. I fall back and sit on the ottoman. It's only in that position for a second that I realize what you're about to do. You are a woman on fire. You're completely naked. I'm fully clothed. I'm the dominant. You're the submissive. But right now, I don't think any of that matters to you, because all you seem to want to do is move your legs over me. And then push me down further, until I'm laying half suspended off the ottoman, you on top of me. You stroke my cock a couple of times, and then in it goes. You look down at me as you impale yourself, and then you dig your nails into my chest. Oh, even through the layer of my button-up shirt, I can feel how hard you're squeezing. You're not being gentle. In my mind, if you were to do this, you would close your eyes in ecstasy. That's not what happens, though. 
and I am grateful for the surprise. You stretch your legs out, spread your knees further, and you balance on me and the ottoman, and you pump your whole lower body. It's half a twerk and half a shunt, and you ride my whole cock in and out of your pussy, up and down, up and down. Your eyes narrow, your grip tightens, you push, you push, you push. Oh God, I want it, I want it. Ah, oh, I want you. Are you close? I can't tell. I've never seen you like this before. You're like a woman possessed, pumping, pumping, pushing, clenching your nails harder against my chest. I'm burning. My breath is rising up at me. I want you. I want you. And do you want me to? Yes. Give it to me. Yes. The way that you fucking milk my goddamn cock. Yes. Please. Come with me. I don't want to do it alone. You feel so good. You look so good. I need this. I want this. Give it to me. Fuck. Yes. 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 My cum shoots out of me almost too easily. You laugh. It is light and full. As you hop off me, my cum begins to fall out of your pussy. You giggle as though it is nothing, like a leaf fell into your hair at a funny angle. You saunter on over to the Kleenex box, well, one of them. It is a very nice hotel room, after all. And you wipe the cum off of you. You look up at me as you dispose the tissue, and you smile. It is a light one, and I have trouble reading it. But then, I have no trouble understanding what's going to happen at all. Because you wordlessly begin to move into the bedroom. And I have no choice but to follow.